This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Sorry. I just... Just chuckling here at a, at a message I got here. I'll get to that in a second. Blue Jays and Tampa Bay tied 2-2. That is in the top of the sixth. And uh, the other games affecting the Jays. Yankees leading the Rangers 3-1 in the sixth. Mets up 2-1 on the Red Sox in the top of the fifth. So the wild card chase. Remember, uh, the top two get in. Red Sox lead the Jays by a game and a half. And then the Jays lead the Yankees by half a game. So right now the Yankees out. Blue Jays and Red Sox in. That's been uh, moving around over the last few days, but that's where we uh, stand going into tonight's action. We will keep you updated on those games. Uh, we'll do uh, the baseball scores tomorrow. And we got a CFL game tomorrow, Kellen. Did you see that? There's a Wednesday game this week. A and Wednesday game. Okay. A Wednesday game, and it is the team the uh, Elks play one week from today. Elks are on a bye. Hamilton and Ottawa oh. will play tomorrow. Ottawa is not good, and uh, the Elks lost to him back at the start of the year, and that's the one I think that's still – well, I got I to gotta, I gotta move past it. I got to quit, uh, quit looking back. The first uh, six uh, games of the year are done. Two and four, not great for the Elks, especially going 0-4 at home. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on with Jed Roberts. You know, Taylor Cornelius, the young quarterback, I thought he had some good moments in Saturday's game. I thought he had some moments where he looked like he was starting his first game in the league. Uh, the Elks didn't go away in the game, but some key mistakes and obviously against a very, very good team. And uh, Winnipeg got the victory yet again. 780-496-0063. So I was chuckling when we came back. We we, we have a, a personality here who writes into the show who goes by the name Bulk Hogan. And uh, Bulk, I'm sorry if I don't remember your full story, but I, Bulk Hogan wants to play for the Oilers. And he, he, I think the story is he would he would play for the team to, um, he, he would play for the team for, for like he wouldn't need money. He, would, he could just be paid in an old van. And I think the assumption is, Bulk, correct me if I'm wrong, that Bulk would also live in the van, perhaps down by the river. Um, so bulk said, could, could you ask Dave Tippett about bulk Hogan and my chances? My October is booking up. Sorry, bulk. I, I didn't ask Dave Tippett about, about your chances, but I'll tell you what bulk, if I, if I ever uh, coach an NHL team, you're my captain. That is my, that is my promise to you. Maybe we can find a place for bulk in the Sylvan Lake Alliance of wrestling. What do we have? Roadhammer is still our uh, undefeated champ, yeah. undisputed heavyweight champ. Maybe we find a belt for Bulk Hogan or some sort of a role. Oh yeah, to get every him involved in the slaw. Every res- every good wrestling federation has you know their primary belt, which is their world championship, and then there's a secondary belt, which is you know whatever Canadian championship or something like that. It's kind of like the All intercontinental right. title. So yeah, we'll figure something. We'll, fi- out. we'll figure something. We'll yeah, figure it'll something. be something meaningful for him. Uh, Furballs writes into the show. There's quite a handle. <laughs> we won't ask why that's uh, the handle that that person is using. Furballs says, 
With the addition of Hyman and Fogel, two guys who like to forecheck and play physical, I sure hope Zach Cassian is prepared to be engaged and stand up for his teammates. Hopefully these uh, new players' styles will light a fire under him and he will return to form. Well, yeah, we talk, we've been talking about Cassian uh, off and on throughout the offseason here. We, we know what he can bring when he's on his game. Unfortunately, derailed by a couple of injuries last season, even the year before that, uh, what he got suspended twice, right? Because he got suspended with the Kachuk incident, and then he had the uh, suspension with the kicking against Tampa Bay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was on with Bob last week or the week before, I can't remember, and, and referenced uh, – Maybe he's the type of player that can feed off the fans. And, and that's not just at home, even being the villain on the road and somebody who can stir it up and draw some booze and be a bit of a distraction. So, and, and I wonder too, Furballs, I, 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 well, there's a sentence I never thought I would say in my broadcasting career. You know, Furballs, I was thinking. <laughs> but, I mean, look, we, we talk about the top six. Um, I, I think for sure we know four of the top six. McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman. I think Pooley-Arvey did enough last year that he, he should be in that spot. And then I wonder about that other wing spot. Could it be, like I asked Tippett, Kyle Turris? Could it be Zach Cassian? Could it be Kyler Yamamoto? That's To me, that's where the competition is coming in. Tony says, uh, hey, Reed, I just want to say I'm super excited for this year with the exception of maybe the uh, Oilers 2017 playoff run. I think it's the best lineup we've had in over a decade. I wish our goaltending situation was a little different, but can't win them all. McDavid, McDavid Dreisaitl, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Puliyarvi, Yamamoto, Cassian, who Tony believes will have a bounce back year. Tony says he can't wait. Uh, all the complainers should realize this is the best chance we've had in some time. Well, look, Tony, what do we always say? On paper, this is probably the best. Uh, well, on paper, this is the best Oilers forward group they've had in a while. Um, you don't win games on paper. He- here's the thing. If you look back on that 16-17 season, is Pat Maroon completely overproduced what his expectations would have been? Mark Letestu unexpectedly uh, helped the power play. And you, you referenced the goaltending. I mean, Cam Talbot was awesome that year. He was a, he was a top five goaltender in the NHL that season and, and maybe covered up some other deficiencies that the Oilers had. Now, I do think goal prevention is going to be, again, the big story for the Oilers. How, how will Keith and CeCe play? Will they play together? Uh, how is Chris Russell you know, going to play at this point in his career? Can Cuckoo go in there and spell him off? How is Evan Bouchard going to play after not playing a lot last season? And Nurse and Barry, you got the first pair. Barry is certainly a, a great offensive defenseman. Um, you, you know, but is CC going to be able to shield him from some of the tougher defensive meetings, uh, minutes? Those are all questions on the back end. Up front, I, I, I do think it looks like the best uh, forward group for the Oilers in a long time. And we're probably speaking even high. I mean, they added, I guess, Luch for the 16-17 season, who uh, did wind up with a 20, what do I have, 22, 23 goals that first season with Edmonton. But it was really Maroon that I think uh, that overproduced, wound up in that, uh, I guess, not overproduced. He exceeded expectations with his production and uh, was on the line with McDavid and Drysdale, probably the best line in the NHL that season. Anyway. Uh, Roadhammer says Bulk Hogan could be the interprovincial champion. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. We don't have to have an intercontinental champion. We would have an interprovincial champion. Yeah, just 
that's an awesome name actually for a belt. Roadhammer, cool. the uh, heavyweight champion, will make Bulk Hogan the uh, interprovincial champion. Interprov champ, I like it. So we we got to get him a van. Maybe we could assemble a bunch of uh, the used canned ham containers and assemble them into the shape of a van. That's I don't, I'd need some help building that. We will build him the A team van out of used canned hams. All right, I like it. I never, I never watched the A team. I'm sorry. That's a oh, Mr. T was on it, and that's how Mr. Wasn't that how Mr. T got famous? Or that was, was he in the Rocky movie first. Uh, I think Rocky movie was before A Team, just but just slightly, and then right. he got casted off the Rocky movie into A Team. But yeah, it's it's doable. He drove the van, so. <laughs> All right, perfect. Kyler Yamamoto got the uh, one-year deal on the weekend. He was talking to Bob Stoffer about signing for one year. Uh, you know, I'm not afraid to, uh, you know, bet on myself. Uh, you know, I'm a year older. Um, you know, I feel a lot more confident. Um, you know, I didn't have the best last half of the year, but, um, you know, putting that one behind me and, um, you know, looking forward to this year. Um, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a really fun year, and, um, you know, hopefully we can have a good team success this year. All right, Yamamoto, you know the story. Uh, a couple of brief appearances with the Oilers early in his career. He came up New Year's Eve 2019 and was part of that wild game in which the Oilers had a 6-0 lead and then needed an empty netter from Yamamoto to beat the Rangers 7-5. He went on to have 26 points in 27 games, playing primarily with Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl. Last year, had some goals early, didn't have a lot as the season went on, had 21 points in 52 games, and he talked to Bob about last season. You always want to get the points, but um, yeah, I thought I was playing pretty good last year. Um, you know, obviously you want to get points; it's tough not to. Um, but you know, I thought I was playing well. Um, you know, I, I was snake bit a little bit. I was struggling to get points. Um, you know, but that, that's behind me now. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to this year, and um, you know, hopefully I won't be snake bit, and then I'll be able to put a few more pucks in the back of the net. Now, now, did you? Uh, what did you work on in the off season at all this year? <laughs> I worked a lot on my shot, a lot on my shot. So, um, you know. Hopefully I can have that, um, you know, showcase that this year and, um, you know, be able to put a lot more pucks in the back of the net. All right. So, yeah, Yamamoto yeah, working on his shot. Dave Tippett referenced that when I asked him about Yamamoto in the first half hour of the show. Um, look, Yamo works his butt off, and he's a very tenacious player. Uh, if if I, I don't think he's going to be a point-of-game player like he was in 1920, 26 points in 27 games. I would hope he can be a little better than he was last year with 21 points in 52 games, e- even if he winds up on a third-line role. I-, I mean, if he could get around, uh, is he a half-point-per-game player? If he plays 80 games, could he get to 40 points and, and chip in a little bit? I, I You know, he was he was a first-round pick, granted, later in the first round. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. He's, he's not a dumb player. He does know where the puck is supposed to go, and he does try to get to the tough areas on the ice. With his size, sometimes it's difficult, but as we've seen, he's had moments where he's been very successful against much larger men. I I think he competes for the sixth spot in the top six, and uh, if he's not there, maybe he's kind of an energy guy, kills a few penalties playing as a third liner. Here's what what Tip said about Yamamoto. About an hour well, he's, he's still an evolving player. You know, there's he's a good, smart player. He's tenacious in what he does, and and but all like all young players, there's going to be some ups and downs early, ups and downs early. And he uh, he had a great summer, great workout. He came back. He worked on his shot a lot. I think he felt like that 
he didn't get uh, not just didn't score enough, but didn't get enough opportunities to score last year. So that's that's an area he's really focused on. He looks like he gained a little bit of weight to get uh, a little bit heavier, and you know he's tenacious. He goes to goes to the front of the net, but sometimes his size can be a little detrimental to him. So he's um, you know he's just working to find his way and. Uh, there's players that aren't as big as other players. They can still get the job done, and he's one of those guys that he finds a way to get the job done. But there's a process to go through that you learn. You know, sometimes as much as when you're a small guy, sometimes as much as you'd like to go over top of them, sometimes you just have to go around them. It's an easier path. So he finds his way doing that, but uh, but he'll come back. I'm really glad he got into, didn't miss any camp. Like, that was... Uh, I've seen too many young players get caught up in the business part of the game and miss the start of camp or miss some, some games early and they get behind and they never seem to recover. So he uh, he made a smart play on his part to get the deal done and get in and, and get going. He's been skating two days with the guys now and um, he'll be ready to go on Thursday when we hit the ice. All right, yeah, medicals, physicals tomorrow. First on-ice sessions at training camp will be on uh, Thursday. Yeah, we'll dive into a little more Oilers stuff here. Jed Roberts is still coming up at 718. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. I mentioned earlier Jim Houston at the age of 64, retiring after uh, over 40 years in broadcasting. Uh, joined the uh, big, uh, the, the joined Rogers after that big deal. They got that 12-year rights deal in 2013. Uh, I'm just, I was reading a great story here on the Athletic site. In uh, story written here by our buddy Sean Fritzgerald, who's been on the show several times over the years. So Scott Moore, who was running the Rogers Sports Properties at that time, he's been on this show over the years as well, that during the first time Jim was doing the playoffs as part of this deal, he, he got an email from the president of an NHL team. Moore won't say who that is, but the uh, this executive complained that Houston was biased against his team during the playoff game he was calling. And about 15 minutes later, Moore got an email from the president of the opposing team in that same series, and that president was upset uh, and also complaining that Houston seemed to be favoring the other team. So Moore said, I simply sent the emails to the other president and said, Jim must be doing a good job. It's something I laugh about with those team presidents this day. Yeah, Jim Houston, uh, great voice. You know, I remember uh, watching him, listening to him called Blue Jays games in the early 1990s as well, and uh, tons of hockey on his resume too. He's going to be uh, going to be missed, but all the best to him in retirement. Absolutely. Inside Sports on 6:30, Chad. You can always check in on the hotline. It is powered by Certain Teed Professional Grade Building Materials. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll go there and visit with our buddy Jed Roberts between 7:30 and 8 tonight. We had. Dave Tippett on the Certainty Hotline to start off the show. And here's what he said about uh, Kyle Turris. Could he have a new role than how the Oilers tried to use him last year? 
that's the conversations I've had with him this summer. He's put in a great work this summer. He stayed in Edmonton uh, the whole time. He, uh, he worked out with our training staff here, um, gained some strength and some weight. And as a, an older guy, uh, you know, he's, he's pushing, he's doing what he can to make sure that he comes ready to play and earn a spot. And, and that's what uh, Ken and I both talked about at the end of the year. You've got to come back and, and find a role in here. And it might be a little different role than than we thought he would have last year. But he's going to come back and, and try to find a niche for himself and see if we can uh, have a better season than last year. He cares a lot. I mean, he really cares. He's a great teammate, and uh, he's in great shape right now. So hopefully he comes back, and we'll see where it goes. We're going to try him a little bit on right wing. Um, he's got great skill, a great shot. We might be able to find uh, some minutes from there or left wing on the offside. So we're just going to see how it goes in camp. But he's put himself in a great position with being in uh, terrific shape, and he's a very motivated player. We'll see where that goes. All right. Yeah, I'm curious to see where Turris lines up once we get rolling with training camp. Also today, the Calder winner from this past season, Kirill Kaprizov. With the Minnesota Wild, huge deal for him. $9 million per season. It's five years, $45 million bucks. He's 24 years of age. Topped all rookies last season with 51 points, 27 of those goals. He was also plus 10, played just over 18 minutes per game. He was almost unanimous. He was almost unanimous to win the Calder. Got 99 out of uh, 100 first-place votes. The the Wild waited for him. He was drafted the same year as McDavid, fifth round, 135th overall. They got him as a rookie last season, and he was awesome. There's one note from the NHL today. Okay, we got to call a quick timeout. Blue Jays leading the Rays 3-2. That's in the bottom of the sixth. Rays have a runner on second with two out. Jed Roberts, always entertaining. He's coming up next, Inside Sports on Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Just seeing this here on Twitter posted by Ken Campbell, who used to write for the Hockey News, now is with Hockey Unfiltered. Here's what he wrote. Newly acquired defenseman Duncan Keith is still quarantining after receiving his second dose of the vaccine. He will not be with the Edmonton Oilers when they open training camp tomorrow and is expected to miss the first week of camp. So that is being reported by uh, Ken Campbell. I've reached out to the Oilers here for uh, clarification or any further comment, but that is what Ken Campbell is writing tonight. So uh, if we don't get anything in the next half hour, we'll see uh, if and what the Oilers say about it when uh, when we convene for the medicals and physicals tomorrow. Well, I should clarify, I'm not getting a medical. or Nobody in the media is getting a medical or a physical. That would just be painful. Uh, we'll be there for interviews as medicals and physicals move on. <laughs> Con- conduct the- like, like if the media had to get medicals and physicals, well, to be honest with you, I might be one of the uh, better in shape media guys. And uh, just uh, getting word here from the Oilers that uh, Ken Holland will address uh, Duncan Keith's status in the morning. 
So uh, we'll leave that there from now. For now, that Ken Campbell reporting that Duncan Keith will not be on the ice for the first week of training camp because he just received the second dose of his vaccine. The Oilers say uh, GM Ken Holland will uh, address this in the morning. So uh, there you go. Another storyline popping up here for the Oilers as we get into training camp. The Edmonton Elks on a bye week. They will play again one week from today in Ottawa. Tomorrow, Ottawa hosts Hamilton. Just three games this week. Week eight in the CFL on Friday, a doubleheader. Montreal at Toronto and Saskatchewan at BC. Blue Jays lead the Rays 3-2 in the seventh. Red Sox up 4-2 on the Mets in the sixth. Yankees leading the Rangers 4-1. That game is uh, into the seventh. Uh, that was uh, Duncan Keith, uh, possibly not on the ice here to start uh, training camp. Okay, so there's some breaking news for you that we we'll, uh, should get more on tomorrow. And I am pleased to welcome back to the show, former member of the Double E football team, uh, one of my favorite guys to BS with on this show, Jed Roberts is checking in. Jed, my friend, how are you doing? Not bad. Uh, the name Jed Roberts is synonymous with BS. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> well, I, I like how you roll with that. Of course, I didn't mean that what you say is uh, is BS, but uh, I I have enjoyed our chats over the years. Uh, we used to sometimes we would get you in studio when we were allowed to do that. I mean, I still remember. Like, I never thought that I could talk to an ex football player for half an hour about watching film <laughs> and be interested. But you, like, it was fascinating how you talked about watching film and going. Was it Danny Bassett? had all the was it bass or kepler that had the pile of vhs tapes no it was bass that would like emerge from underneath a pile of beta tapes and uh you know he would swim his way over to the monitor and pop one in and say watch watch kid maybe you learn something tonight okay (laughs) yeah that's that's still one of one of my favorite how how have you been keeping buddy Uh, i know i know you're a busy guy i know you got uh, i think a couple at least one kid involved in football and obviously you're active helping people in the community how are things going yeah, it's good. We got actually both of my sons are playing for the um, Edmonton Seahawks, it's the Northeast Minor Football Association. Uh, they're both playing for the Pee Wee team. Um, they're, uh, you know, they're they're losing games, but they're having fun, you know. And we're just uh, as long as they learn something and improve and don't make the same mistake twice, that's all we really care about right now. Um, I'm a, I guess you could call me a defensive consultant. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm having the ball. It's, it's really fun. I, 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 I've always said that if you can coach uh, the lower levels of football, you can coach any level because, you know, the attention span is akin to, uh, you know, a gnat, you know, and, uh, or a goldfish. You know, you say something and then they forget who you are the next minute. So, um, But it's, uh, it's fun and it's never dull, that's for sure. <laughs> How... Okay, you know, you got to remember, I'm a guy, as you know, I, I love football, never played it. I, I love talking about it because I find it such a fascinating, not just physical sport, but strategic and mental sport. So how big is a pro playbook and how big is a playbook for uh, kids like, like yours? With you know what? You know what? You would be, I actually walked in here and I was like, why is this playbook so big, man? These kids are like so like their attention spans are so short so we tried to simplify some things and it actually helped us quite a bit you know i think sometimes we as coaches tend to try to guess or outthink ourselves and uh really at this level because we're playing nine man it's very simple right you just uh make sure you secure the corner and don't let them take the you know usually they just give the ball to the fastest kid and try to outrace everybody to the sideline and if you can funnel everything back inside to where your help is, then, you know, you're, that's out the battle. So that's kind of where we're at right now. But I don't want to give away too much. We had a game on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm probably getting into your, your playbook. Um, you, you know, physicality 
for kids. Uh, maybe some of them think football looks pretty fun and, until they get hit. Does some of them have to overcome that that mental hurdle? Like, have you had any success stories with you know embracing yeah, physicality? You know what was really cool is uh, last year uh, when we were under the cohort system where we could only like practice within our own organization, uh, we offered it for free. Um, Justin Mills, the head of the uh, Edmonton Seahawks, did a wonderful job of like reorganizing the structure, and he invited all the kids to come out and play for free. And we got a lot of soccer kids out. And man, let me tell you, those kids are athletic as heck. And don't let anybody tell you the soccer kids aren't tough. You know. Uh, some of those kids were just running rings and, and they picked things up so quickly. And, and as far as the contact part of it, a lot of those kids came in kind of with that preconception. And, uh, you know, they were pleasantly surprised because football's changed so much. The, the equipment is so much safer. And uh, we coach not to use the head anymore. And it's more like rugby style tackling. And, and the game has completely done a, a 180 since I played. I mean, when we played, we were all leading with our heads. And, you know, I still lead with my head. But, uh, it's uh, it's a different game. It's completely evolved from uh, you know the smashing into each other with the crown of our helmets, and now it's more about uh, you know angles and and taking the proper pursuit, and uh, you know it's more of a skill based game is re- rather than brute power, you know. And at this level, they don't really hit each other too hard, right? Yet, that kind of comes later in high school. So that's one of the reasons why I like like coaching at this level. Yeah, good point. Jed Roberts joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, Elks are uh, on on a bye week. When you played, uh, what did you do on your bye week? Was it all rest? Did you try to holiday? Did you just watch more film? <laughs> did you still work uh, out? I'll be honest with you, Reed. I just turned my hearing aids off for a week. <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody. You know, I needed some time time alone to think. But, uh, you know, different guys deal with it differently. Some guys will go on a trip. You know, we did that a few times. Willie Pless and I used to run out to Jasper and go fishing up in Moline Lake. Um, and it was wonderful, you know, 300 feet deep and trying to get those uh, rainbow trout that are supposedly world record. We never caught them, but we sure had a lot of fun trying. Uh, some other people, like, try to go back to the States and visit family, and it's kind of tough to do that right now with the COVID thing going on. But, uh, you know, and then with that whole – with that in mind, you know, I think it's a lot different now because people have to be very careful about that, about exposing the team to, you know, potentially – getting infected and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a heck of a lot tougher for this group, you know, and I don't envy the organization, you know, they're trying to, it's like herding cats, right? You got to make sure everybody's, you know, staying in and not going out there and hooking up with everything. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, look, that, that was a big topic on this show, as you know, a few weeks ago when the Elks had the, had the game postponed, you know, Blake was disappointed. He said, it's a team environment. You got to think about the guy next with you. I, I had a couple really angry emails from from elks fans saying it's it's a pro sport why is it not 100 percent vaccination it should be higher than what's going on uh in, in society but then of course you know we, we get into the whole personal freedom type discussion like should a pro sports team whether it's vaccinations curfews what like like should it operate differently do there have to be different expectations within that locker room how do you look at all that stuff well, I mean, if you've got that, uh, if the policy is you've got to be double vaxxed and they're writing your checks, well, that pretty much answers your question. You know, if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. You've got your freedom of choice, but they write your checks. If they tell you to do that, you better do it. Otherwise, we'll find another line of work, right? I mean, you can find other things to do that pay just as well as the CFL. Nobody's getting rich doing this. So, uh, you know, you really have to kind of ask yourself, uh, you know, what, what your priorities are and, 
you know, and, and if you don't want to cheat the guy next year, and uh, you know, maybe be honest with yourself and go do something else. But I mean, if you want to toe the party line, then you got to do what you got to do. You know, so get yeah. it vaccinated and let's get let's get after some teams. Yeah. All right, Jed. We uh, we saw the Elks play on Saturday. I, I think we all knew that was going to be a very difficult game for them because Winnipeg's very good, and then Trevor Harris didn't play. So we saw Taylor Cornelius, who I, I thought scrambled pretty well, kept some plays alive, and completed some passes as a result. couple of really costly turnovers deep in his own end, on one of which I thought a single point should have been conceded on a missed field goal, so they weren't stuck down there, but maybe that's another story. Yeah, um, I agree with but, you. But, yeah, but but it you know but at times also looked uncomfortable. I thought, as you might expect in his first overall start. What, like, like, what did you see from Cornelius? Did do, do, do you even evaluate how he played given that situation, or how do you look at it? Well, I think you have to keep it in pro- in perspective, right? And and for framing in his proper context, the kid had one day of practice, you know, with the first unit, and I think it was sprung on him late. Uh, the thing that jumped out at me first was his live arm and his ability to create space for himself using his legs. I didn't expect that coming from just a big guy. I guess he's 6'6", six, six, about 235, but he moves like a, a small forward, like he runs the floor very well. Um, but he really, he can make any throw on that field. And, and if, you can, if you can get him in a game plan and get him a, with a week under his belt and, you know, have him, you know, identify some certain things and, and you know, build a game plan around him. I mean, we've already got the best running back in the league. Uh, and if the guys up front are protecting him, I can't see why this team can't have some success, it's particularly against an Ottawa team. You know, they're chasing the crossover right now, two and four with Ottawa, one and four. They've got to, you know, they've got to win these games because right now the Eastern teams have uh, two wins on them, right? So looking down the road at their schedule, they have to win this next game against Ottawa and then they've got you know, some tough ones against the Riders and the Argonauts and stuff. And, and they have to win those Eastern games. Because otherwise, if it comes down to a crossover, if they lose against Ottawa, they're in tough shape because that will be their third game lost against an Easter squad. So, Yeah, yeah. And I still, again, I said earlier in the show, I got a quick look and ba- looking back, but I still look back at the games against Ottawa and Montreal and think, man, oh, man, like especially Ottawa, that's yeah. where that, that was totally winnable and, and, uh, and you didn't take care of it. Okay, this, the special teams. The return game continues to struggle. They did have one decent kickoff return to start the second half on uh, Saturday, and that helped lead to a touchdown. Well, like, what is what is going on there? Because it's been a long time. There's been different coaches. There's been different players. It's I guess it's one thing to say, well, the returner isn't fast enough, but it's not. I mean, it's not just hire a sprinter and let them run the ball back like what how do they get a better return game that can actually well, even maybe be average you know and i can tell you what like i was spoiled working with henry williams for so many years right like he made a lot of guys look good myself included but um at the end of his career when he lost a step which was still faster than 95 percent of the world um we were running we weren't even really bothering to run wall returns anymore because i think when a lot of people think punt return they think a wall return like wall right wall left and we were just running a middle return, which means every guy just lines up across from the guy across, you know, and then just funnels them outside. And then it's up to the returner to run north-south. And I think what a lot of guys tend to do is they fire their feet when they catch the ball, and they get a little bit scared, and they don't run full speed. And that was something that Henry was really good at. He always ran full speed no matter what, and he never got happy feet, you know. And, and if you can average 10 yards a return, that's a first down every time you touch the ball. And I think right now, I don't know where they're sitting around. They're sitting around six or seven, which is unacceptable. Like, you've got to have at least 10 yards, right? So 
Um, it's not real rocket science. It's effort. Like every guy's matchup thing. You know, the special teams coach has to say, okay, I'm going to put this guy on this guy. And you look at physical attributes and you get guys that are, you know, hustling and playing to the echo of the whistle or playing to the, you know, the lips of the referee as I, I used to do. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, we, uh, you know, it's an effort thing. It's a hundred percent effort. And if guys aren't given a hundred percent, it'll show up very quickly on the, on there. And, you know, you've only got those guys on the roster. And if you don't have those guys on special teams carrying their weight, it's, it's reflected in that. And when you got a, an offense that's struggling to score, you said it, right? The beginning of your question was, you know what? They had that one good return and they scored, you know, and it's all about field position. If you don't have good field position, it's very difficult to win games, especially when your offense is struggling. And especially when you have a rookie quarterback. And, and look, I, I called into Dave after the game on Saturday, and, and you might roll your eyes at me, Jed, because sometimes I pick on, on little details. But it, look, it, it's 16-15. The Bombers miss a long field goal. Ernest Edwards catches the ball about seven yards deep in his end zone. And he runs out, and he gets to maybe the 12, and two plays later, it's a pick six for a touchdown because you got your young quarterback with his back against the wall. You kneel yeah. down, give him the point, start on your 42. You're in a tie game at home with the best team in the league with 24 minutes left. What's the big deal? Give your give your young quarterback a yeah. position. Here's the other side of that, though. When you're on, kickoff, when you're on uh, field goal return, uh, five of those guys across the line from you are over 300 pounds, and they're not moving. You know, so you've only got to beat the wing backs, the holder, and the kicker, right? So uh, that's on the returner. If the returner decides decides to take it out of the end zone, and I agree with you, like if it wasn't there, don't take it, because uh, you want to help your young quarterback out and give him good field position on 35, right? Or you know, I mean, wherever it was missed from, I don't know how long that field goal was, but they they would have uh, got it on the 42. They would have got it on the yeah. 42. And and you know what? That's a hell of a lot better than starting from your own 10, right? So and I, yeah. so I mean, that's a judgment call, and that's something that Terry Isley will have to address with the returner. And you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, people don't make the best decisions. But those uh, ill-timed decisions tend seem to be snake biting the oil or the, the elk's really bad i'm switching sports on you sorry um it's not a it's not a good thing right now because it just seems like it's one thing after another it's not the covid outbreak it's the you know it's the trevor harris getting hurt or if it's you know it's all these different things conspiring to create this com- complete comedy of errors right now but i think all things considered i mean they they can win this game against ottawa and get there back in the game in the crossover and then uh you know beat uh some of these because they've got a lot of the Western game win. They've got two wins against Western teams, which bodes well for them down the road, right? They've still got games against BC and Winnipeg two more times, so they really do control their own destiny. If they can win out, they'll be okay. But they got to get that young kid at quarterback. They got to get him up to snuff in a hurry. Because uh, if he doesn't, then it doesn't look real good. You know, because you got to get a you got to get a defense respecting that kid's arm. Otherwise, they're going to load the box and, and gang up on Wilder. So yeah, yeah. Good point. Jed, the only bad things about these interviews is that eventually they end because uh, we're out of time. But I always love having you on the show. Great perspective. You're a great storyteller. I'm glad things are going well in your life and with the kids' football, man. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Parting is such sweet sorrow, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The one and only Jed Roberts. Good perspective on the Elks and uh, coaching youngsters in football. Fun stuff as always with Jed. It's 7.50. Back for some final thoughts. Inside Sports on Jed.
Yankees pulling away from the Rangers. They're up 7-1 in the bottom of the eighth. Red Sox leading the Mets 4-2 in the sixth. And Blue Jays up 4-2 on the Rays in the eighth. So if those uh, scores hold, uh, well, the standings wouldn't change because those uh, three teams in the wildcard chase all with the lead tonight. Right now, Red Sox a game and a half up on the Jays, who are half a game up on the uh, New York Yankees. Good to have Jed Roberts on the show. Always fun. Uh, Again, Ken Campbell reporting that uh, Duncan Keith will uh, miss the first week of Oilers training camp as he quarantines after getting his second dose of the vaccine. Uh, I reached out to the Oilers for clarification on this and uh, was told Oilers General Manager Ken Holland will comment in the morning when uh, we convene at Rogers Place for all the medicals and physicals and some of the players will be uh, made available to answer questions as well. Bob Stoffer will uh, have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. Of course, we'll have Inside Sports from 6 to 8. I think I'm going on the morning show with uh, Daryl McIntyre just after 8, so that'll always be fun to catch up with him. Be, uh, before we go tonight, uh, quickly, I asked Dave Tippett earlier tonight, uh, forward depth, is it better? Are you happy with it? I think we are deeper. We have more balance. Like we, you know, you talk about McDavid, Drysaddle, Nuge. Um, then we have added Hyman, Fogel. Um, you know, Ryan are good, solid NHL players. But then players, uh, Cass has to have a bounce back year for us. We, I think he's he's coming in great shape. He's very motivated. I think we'll see see that. We also have to see the progression of our good young players, Pooley, Arvey, Yamamoto, McLeod. I think those guys are ready to take next steps to be real good players in the NHL. So our depth is is, is much greater than we've got Turris, who we talked about. We've got Shore. Um, you know, I think Benson is going to push for a job. Perlini is a guy that I've had before, a former first-rounder that's a big guy that can skate. We'll, uh, we'll come in and push for a job. So it's uh, our depth is is at a point now where it's the best it's the best that I've seen here in the couple of years that I've been here. So hopefully we can spread some of those minutes out. We've got people that are very capable of playing in a lot of different situations. So that depth I think will make us a, a deeper team, allow us um, allow us to be more play more of a team game. I think you're going to see more games where maybe Connor and Leon don't have to carry the load, but we have a, a real good support system around them. All right, thanks to Brendan Clack producing the show this week. For Dave Campbell, who's on holidays, Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.